This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Social media is a thick beast, but it's all about how you use it, really. And boy, do we queers use it. My name is Alex, I use they, them pronouns, and this is Stride with Pride. Welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had an amazing however long it's been since you listened to the last episode. On this week's episode, I thought I would talk a bit about social media and how it's impacted our community and how we use it and how it's impacted us for the good or for the worse. Um, And just sort of discuss about the everything about it, the nuances, hopefully. (laughs) So um, I've sort of broken it up into... Three-ish sections, um, so the good, the bad, and the experiences. <laughs> um, so the good and the bad are just the general overviews, and then the experiences are both my own and you guys' experiences um, that you've submitted at stride.wit.pride um, on Instagram. Um, send me your suggestions and get your input on episodes um, so you can have a fun time and be shouted out in the episode. Fun, fun, fun. So, starting off with the positives. Social media has been a wonderful, amazing place to find community for people who wouldn't necessarily be able to otherwise. We, as queers in history, have always had ways of finding each other in person, but but, but without this community, we feel alone, and we feel by ourselves, and like we're wrong or bad, but when we can find community, it's suddenly okay to be ourselves. And social media allows us to connect and find each other in ways that we couldn't necessarily before. And that that is a really powerful thing. It creates a safe place for us to express our identities in ways that we couldn't otherwise. A lot of the time, queer spaces online are safe places for you to express yourself in ways you can't in real life or in places online where you're using your name that is used everywhere else. So if you have anonymity, you can express yourself without the pressure of needing to be out. And you can also find a community of people who accept you as you are without needing to know any other details about you. So that can be really, really affirming, especially for someone who hasn't come out yet or can't or it isn't safe to. It can be a wonderful place to just be able to be yourself and be free to be who you are. And that is really wonderful, especially if you can't get that in real life. It is vital. And we can get this from social media. Social media allows us access to information which is so so important anyone who's queer will know that access to information and learning about different identities and about themselves potentially is so so important and it lets us learn about other people's identities as well because this is really important for creating empathy for others so that you can 
help them feel safe and affirmed as well and like there's nothing wrong with them and that's that's what we all want right like we want to be able to just live our best lives without being harassed for it and having access to information is really wonderful for that it information is such an important thing <laughs> and the ability to spread this information not just within our own communities but to others as well to potential allies is really important because we create representation for ourselves we tell the people who aren't us about ourselves and we get to share this information so they can have empathy and understanding for us instead of just being confused because they don't know anything about it having more information publicly available lets people do their own research in their own time and come to more accepting conclusions easier and there is a wealth of information out there because of the wonderful wonderful activists within our community making instagram posts making youtube videos and just articles just a so much research and explanation and there's a lot a lot of good information out there and and it's put in really easy to understand ways which is super super important especially for allies who are just learning about this and they want to know more but they find it hard to interact with people in real life and it's a safe way for them to get into it and so they are more likely to be open to it as well which is really important it's a place where we can share experiences with each other we can share the the bad experiences we've had and get support for that uh, or we can ask questions about certain things we experienced to see if others experienced that and know that we aren't alone in these experiences we can have the constant ebb and flow of information a give and take and we can it, it's just all builds together to make everyone feel less alone because there's not just you with these experiences there are other people out there who have the very same experiences and that is so so wonderful and powerful especially for someone who's just coming into themselves and who's trying out different identities and labels to find people with those who are comfortable in those labels and who who share their experiences and finding that they relate to those and they, then they can find something that fits them a place where they belong which they might not have had or felt before which that like <laughs> i mean I've, I've said before i'll say it again it's really really powerful to find community and find that you aren't alone and that you do belong somewhere that is such a wonderful important powerful thing and it it means people don't feel alone their entire life some people older people older generations didn't have access to all this information and so they felt alone for their whole life and they they didn't have the words or the language to express these certain things about themselves but because of all of this information and the constant sharing and updating of language of changing of flags and just the complexities that we are discovering as we move forwards with all of the knowledge that we have 
is is so important for older people to find as well. They didn't have this language, and then they can find this and find themselves and know that they aren't alone. And they might have been or felt that way for a very, very long time. So this lets people find themselves earlier in life, which is, is like I said, super, super important. <laughs> it's also made it a lot easier to find each other in real life too. So <laughs> internet culture has a way of making up certain signifiers and certain phrases to find people like you in real life. So obviously there's like the gaydar because like you can spot different things that people are doing if bisexuals are cuffing their jeans or have a bisexual bob or anything like that. But there's also phrases that we make up. Um, so things like, do you listen to Girl in Red? Meaning, are you a lesbian? Or, no, I listen to Sweater Weather saying, uh, no, but I'm bisexual. And we have a lot of different phrases and ways of signifying who we are to other people. And, I mean, we've had this for all of our history. I mean, people used to have different, um, there was a handkerchief code um, to tell people whether you were a, uh, what position do you like to be in sex for gay men? There's a lot of different signifiers that we have used as a community historically. And so this is sort of the 21st century update to that. So that's the language that we're using, which is, is pretty cool, I think. And like, honestly, I could make a whole episode about like signifiers and stuff like that, which to be honest, I might, I might just write that down as an episode um, idea right now. <laughs> And we're back from doing that. <laughs> so lastly, I just wanted to talk about how it has made it so much easier for mobilizing people to action for things that impact our community. So whether that's for protests or for signing petitions or for calling representatives for bills that are passing that would greatly negatively impact our community or to act for bills um, that would impact us in a good way. It is a wonderful resource to find people who can advocate for things. So you can advocate with sharing of information, with discussion of things, with signing petitions, like I said, with actual physical actions and do donating to things. It is so much easier to bring people together and fight for a common cause because of this. And that is always going to be a good thing. Now I'm going to talk a bit about the negatives of social media and how that's impacted our community. And slight trigger warnings for um, transphobia, homophobia, um, TERFs, which is also transphobia, um, as well as mentions of transmedicalism, um, and just general negativity towards queer people. Um, only in discussion, though, not actively promoted. So the first one I wanted to talk about is there was and still somewhat is, um, though not as prominently now. However, that might just be within my circle because I don't engage with these people. So have that as a caveat. But in early YouTube and also Tumblr, um, by early I mean like maybe 2014 through 20. 1617 and uh, probably even later than that but that's when the majority of it seemed to be happening at least what I saw there was so much conversation within the young community about who counts as 
trans enough and what counts as trans and what people are and aren't and having outside people dictating what that is and saying, no, you don't count as that identity because you're not this enough. You don't dress like how you should. You don't look like how you should. And I'm going to do a whole episode about this, a whole episode on transmedicalism. We're going to get there. We're going to get there eventually, but ain't a fun time. And it impacted so many people so viciously because they were getting bullied online by people with large, large audiences because they weren't what this person deemed as trans enough. And these were just young people who were exploring their identity, you know? Like, it, there was so much hatred from within the community and that was a place where they were going to find community and then they were met with such gatekeeping. And gatekeeping has been a massive problem for a lot of people and a lot of a big topic of conversation for a lot of people um especially on places like tumblr there was a lot a lot of gatekeeping of identity saying you can only identify as this if you do this if or if you're this and a lot of the time it was just not it ain't it chief you know we need to be radically inclusive to move forward in our rights. We need to stop having petty discussions about who is and isn't included, who is oppressed enough to join the community. Like, no, we just need to get rights, you know? Like, we can be punished by death in 13 countries. And we're illegal in 71 Come on, we need to work together as a community. We need to band together to work towards things that really matter, you know? These things are affecting people's lives and and sometimes ending them. So we need to fight towards our rights and do action towards that. So can we stop in fighting? (laughs) Like, I know that's real happy-dippy, but, like, please, like, it, it, you know, just let people do what they do. I do just want to note quickly, though, that there are some good kinds of gatekeeping. Um, for example, you know, when you, there is a gender or sexuality label and identity that is part of a specific culture, you cannot use that unless you're part of that race, have the knowledge around that. If you're part of that culture, you n- need to have that to identify as that because don't, don't be going identifying as two-spirit if you're white. Please, just respect the cultures around that there are plenty of identity labels and things like that in western culture already so just please be respectful of that um that's the the good kind of gatekeeping (laughs) and another sort of negative part of this widespread availability of information and of people putting themselves out there is that it is a lot easier for people with bad intentions to find us and this includes people like TERFs um, for those who don't know trans exclusionary radical feminists basically they don't like trans people um, most often trans women um, and they find a lot of ways to hate on people and have actively pushed back the rights of trans people in some countries um, and it's a lot easier for people with negative intentions to find us um, which can be really scary for especially younger people who haven't dealt with that before. It can also be a breeding ground for some 
Ideas that aren't the best, um, so things like transmedicalism and discourse that distracts from the real problems. So I sort of talked about that before, but it can become an echo chamber if you get caught up in those circles and you're not exposed to other people's perspectives. And that's a problem with social media as a whole, um, definitely. But yeah, no, it can just all be an echo chamber and you only hear one perspective. So that could be transmedicalism, for example. And then when you see people outside of that, you immediately think, oh, bad, 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 bad. We don't like that one. Mm -mm." Um, Which is not not the way. Um, so yeah, that's, um, majority of the negatives. Um, there are a few more, um, that I probably didn't think of, but it is very, there there are definitely positives and negatives, but now I wanted to talk about some of my own experiences as well as some of your guys' experiences. So for me, when I was starting my queer journey and finding information and things like that, I found so, so much useful information and places where I belonged on Tumblr and on Instagram and things like that. Mainly Tumblr because that's where all the queers seemed to be at the time and also I don't like Twitter, so I wasn't finding anything there. Maybe it's different on Twitter. Maybe there's more stuff there, but I didn't really engage with that. And I found it super, super useful for finding lots and lots of information and finding micro labels that I felt fit me at the time. And that was really, really validating and just finding all the wonderful ways that you can exist and and also hearing all the discussions about different elements of queerness. And I mean, obviously you can tell I find that very interesting considering I have an entire podcast about it. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it was definitely really really useful for me um however I did get (laughs) I did um one time make a post asking for people's experiences um as ace bi or pan um people because I was making a short film about the erasure of those identities um it never actually happened because um I didn't do it um (laughs) but I did write the script for it it wasn't good but I made a post on tumblr asking for submissions of people's identities and so many people gave me theirs and that was really amazing and wonderful and I think I still have those saved on a dock somewhere so if if anyone wants the experiences of bipan or ace identities being erased like hit me up I've got you um but yeah no I got a decent amount of hate for that people saying they didn't want to be represented and to go away and them assuming that I was cishet um, which I think I was cis at the time, but I had specifically stated that I was like queer and like wanting to represent my community. Um, and I sort of understand where they were coming from, but there was just a lot of hate saying that we get represented enough. We're fine. We don't want you to represent us. Um, and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so, that, you know, that was an interesting experience. That's really the only experience that I have that's particularly negative with that. But, um, yeah, just thought that was interesting. <laughs> um, and some of your guys' experiences, um, you guys found a lot of information about queer identities and labels through Tumblr as well. And um, seeing queer people on TikTok being happy and themselves helped 
this person accept themselves. And I, I totally agree with that. It was so wonderful in quarantine seeing so many queer people just being happy and being themselves and feeling like there was hope and still wonder and joy left in the world and places where we can just be ourselves and we can be happy and liberated and free, which is so powerful. And I really, really enjoyed that. Other people found lots of queer friends and found lots of informative pieces and discussions and things that helped broaden their mindset and helped them figure out who they are and where they sat with certain things. And that's that's really wonderful. And someone else said that you can choose to follow pages with more representation so you feel like you belong more and you can learn about others easier. Someone else said social media makes being queer easier because uh, there is more accepting people, people who will accept you easier. But it's also a little harder because you're either completely silent or 100% out. Like there isn't really room for nuance a lot of the time, which is, it can be really really frustrating even we queer people still sometimes see things in black and white as either you are cis here until you come out and sometimes people don't want to have a big coming out thing you, you know we don't owe each other coming out it can be useful and wonderful to find community but you don't have to come out and just come out when you're ready you know it gives people a platform to be out and experiment and settle on a label before coming out IRL to family, which can be really important. It's a practice tool. Um, you can practice coming out to people who you know are accepting, so you can have confidence for when you're coming out to the people who can affect you properly in real life. And that can be really, really wonderful and useful. It also helps uplift voices that need to be heard, so people who don't get represented and especially people of colour, disabled people, voices that do not get heard when their identities are combined or at all. And it lets people speak about themselves and for themselves when they might otherwise not be heard. It shows us that we can belong no matter who we are. And it lets us represent ourselves and see ourselves represented and when we otherwise may not until a very, very long time in the future from, you know, big movies and TV shows and things like that. It also, someone said, makes it easier to be themselves online but and, and be able to show themselves and be who they are. And because they are so widely accepted there, it makes not passing or not being accepted in real life harder to deal with. And I, I get this. Like, it totally makes sense because I sort of, here at uni, um, and then my own little bubble with people who I know accept me and who automatically call me my pronouns and who just accept me for who I am, all my little quirks and all parts of my identity. It's not questioned at all. But then I remember when I go out into the real world, like shopping or at work or other places that, oh yeah, I'm not, this isn't, the status quo, you know, we uh, aren't always treated the same and people don't have the same level of knowledge and we need to educate some people and like, that's not our job, I said that before, but like, it's still part of the whole thing, like, it's, I'm really privileged to be able to forget that that exists a lot of the time because I have my amazing spaces 
um, where I am safe to be myself and I can be completely out and completely myself and accepted for that. No questions asked, but there are still so many places in real life where that doesn't happen and having this community online can make it (laughs) quite easy to forget that, which is both a good and a bad thing. Much like social media as a whole. Social media, uh, overall, it's, I would say there are more good things than bad things about social media, but social media is a tool. It's a thing that can be used for good and bad, and it's not inherently necessarily one or the other. Technically, it's a capitalist thing that makes you want to spend more time on it um, and adapts to what you seem to like more to make you spend more time on the app to advertise you more so you spend more money and time on there um, so they get more money, but we know this. Um, (laughs) But as we use it, it doesn't have inherent morality assigned to it, you know. It's about how we use it and we need to use it responsibly, but I think when we do, it can be a wonderful, amazing place, especially for our community and communities like it to find safety and support and acceptance when we otherwise might not. And I think that's really powerful. For this week's creator spotlight, I want to spotlight Sol V. Diaz, um, or Sol.V.Diaz on Instagram. Um, They have so many, so many wonderful um, posts about queer things, about disabled things, about slurs and reclaiming them as well as the complexities of identity and a lot of stuff about autism and just so many amazing wonderful posts um and i i really i really love their posts they are so cool just amazing and i think they make all the posts for fair self and that, that's really cool you should check this amazing person out so check them out um they're really cool. But that is all for this week's episode of Stride with Pride. I hope you've had an amazing day, afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. And I hope you continue to have an amazing day, afternoon or evening whenever you are listening to this. Remember that you are amazing, wonderful and loved so deeply. And if you hate on yourself, that is homophobia or transphobia um, and you will be cancelled. Um, so don't do that. That's the tea. Um, (laughs) don't forget to spread your joy and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to this free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash free FM 89 to find out more.